2: welcome to another edition of the ride home with john and kathy live from the salem pittsburgh studios
3: and now here are your hosts john hall and kathy emmons i say this with great hope and clarity thank goodness we have jesus thank goodness that jesus is in our lives because if not We'd be falling off a cliff, even still as it is, right? Many people uh, who are followers have fallen off that cliff. Uh, today's show, I, I do truly hope to, with the exception of our first guest, not talk about politics, because here we are. Do you not feel the frenzy that we are surrounded with, surrounded by the frenzy right now? I mean, we've lost our minds in this country. We have truly lost our minds. Everyone, wherever you go, every conversation every it's just overwhelming isn't it everything is focused on next tuesday as if that will solve everyone's problem if our guy wins we're a thumbs up we're good to go but man oh man i can't take it anymore seriously i'm just i'm just overwhelmed with the rigors of the insanity of it all Because it just goes on and on and on. Thank God we've got Jesus. So if you're a believer in Christ, say your prayers and be at peace. And, and, you know, who are the people in your circles that are doing good work? How do you, you know, in the midst of all this, this trouble that we're in, this rancor, this debate, this ugliness, this anger, this fear, this resentment, all that... When you pull that screen down and you look at your life, just the essence of your life, your wife or your husband, your children, your family, your circles, your friends, those good people who you connect with and love and want to hang out with and laugh with, you've got those people. I hope you do. I hope you're surrounded by a good cadre, a good long, thick circle of people that are like that. And pray that they themselves see you in the same light. Man, because it is rough out there. I was in Target. I was just telling Mike about this. I was was in Target. And I'm I'm buying a friend a sympathy card. And all of a sudden, there's yelling and screaming. People are yelling and screaming at each other about masks. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm holding a sympathy card. And I'm the one who's going to get shot. What the heck's going to happen there? Will not be the irony of the ironies, so you can't escape it. So, in between the presidential election and COVID, our country is in dire need of some peace. So, with the exception of our first guest, who we always go to the White House and talk politics. Let's let's uh, not delve into that too deeply, okay? Let's talk instead of our peace and grace and forgiveness and Jesus in all of our lives. Uh, let's start off the show though this Monday. Oh, listen, I should say, hey, Kath isn't here today. It's Kath's anniversary, so she took the day off. Her and her husband are somewhere out in the wilds, and uh, canoodling. I think is the I think this is the twenty sixth year for them for the Emmons family. So, God bless Kath and Eric. Okay, let's take a look now. The top four at four. Well, our uh, top story for the top four, I should say, are uh, the one story, is that the Dow has been sliding. Sliding on the rise of virus news, fading stimulus hopes, and the Dow today dropped, I think as we were coming to air, it had dropped about 750 points. Uh, Number two, the Senate voted yesterday, 51 to 48, to advance the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. And apparently this is going to happen this evening. There will be a small reception held outside this evening at the White House. Number three, of course, if you're a sports fan, how about yesterday's Steeler game? Man, talk about anxiety and fear and running around sick. What, what a first half that was, which, of course, was followed by the debacle of the second half. But as it would be, the football gods were with us and the kicker, uh, he uh, just shanked it a little bit to the right there, did he not? Our top fourth story today NASA confirms that there is evidence of hidden water on the sunlit surfaces of the moon. I, I guess that's good news. I mean, yeah, you know, you water on the moon if you're following along. I don't know sure what that means scientifically and for future generations. Not that anyone's going to be drinking moon water anytime soon, but apparently there is less water on the moon than there is in the Sahara Desert. So take that with a grain of salt. Anyway, that is our top four at four for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. All right. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. We'll, and we'll come back. We will go to the White House. Greg Clarkson will join us to give us an update about the news coming today from the West Wing. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Ward FM. We are Pittsburgh's Christian talk. Jesus, first and foremost.
4: WORD.
5: You look at your paycheck and notice all the taxes taken out. Fill your car with gas and you pay all sorts of taxes. Just about everything you buy or own comes with a tax. Question is, what if your government uses that tax revenue for ungodly purposes? Should you pay? Consider that as John MacArthur looks at the Christian and government on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on
6: 101.5 WORD.
7: For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to Imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. The hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com.
3: We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding and of course windows, Windows or Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows or Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit Pittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers you'll love their no pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsArousPittsburgh.com. That's pittsburgh.com
6: Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit.
7: My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have Meals on Wheels. America...
3: We start off every week by heading to the White House, where Greg Clugston joins us. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, happy Monday to you. It is, again, another eventful day in Washington, D.C., is it not?
8: It is, John. Good afternoon. Great to be with you, as always.
3: Thank you so much. Okay, so, Greg, uh, let's talk about what everyone's talking about, which is the final full week of campaigning. Things are heating up tremendously, aren't they?
8: Well, they are. It's interesting because... You've got President Trump continuing what has been a really fast-paced campaign schedule over the last 10 to 14 days. And he's going to be keeping that up, if not accelerating that this week. He is in your state of Pennsylvania today. He's done two rallies. He's on the way to his third. And he is making clear how important Pennsylvania is. We all know that. Uh, along with a handful of other states that he was able to flip in 2016 and he's going all out trying to uh, to make that happen again in 2020.
3: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, you've been with the president traveling. I mean, the level of energy and uh, importance that he's put across Pennsylvania is really amazing. So, I um, mean, he was in Allentown today and of course it's the same stump speech we've heard many times and uh, even last night's uh, 60 minutes interview last night notwithstanding the president he is charged up and taking on joe biden
8: he is and we have seen him i would say over the last week or so including at the debate last week in nashville uh, a harder uh, approach uh, toward biden when it comes to family finances uh, foreign entanglements questions about access to the vice presidency when joe biden was the vice president to barack obama is access from his son that is in terms of those foreign companies that he was working with and and other entities so the 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 president really is has been hitting that hard, partly because he doesn't feel like the mainstream media has picked up that story enough, whereas a lot of news outlets are arguing that there isn't Uh, enough there there but he his, he's hitting it hard just like he uh, went after hillary clinton and of course we all know the nickname he had for hillary four years ago crooked hillary so he's sort of taking a page out of that book in terms of wanting to portray his opponent as corrupt and we're certainly hearing him say that about joe biden
3: Right. So, so it's interesting. As you said, it's a really uh, sort of uh, far contrast in styles where the president is out and about. And, of course, the Biden campaign, they are super low key.
8: They are. Now, Joe Biden did head out today. There was nothing on his schedule and they didn't announce it uh, any sort of movement um, uh, for leaving his home until later in the day today or as the day went on. Uh, but stopped by a, a voter service center i think it is and just was uh, talking with some some folks there in the area and so <clears throat> he is not certainly keeping up the kind of pace now it could be argued that uh the poll numbers show that biden's in the lead and uh, he is sort of comfortably picking his schedule and his events and where they should happen he and his campaign whereas donald trump the argument may go is that if he feels like he's trailing and he's going to be doing this come-from-behind victory in, in 2020, he has to uh, to leave it all out there and go to multiple states on multiple days, uh, consecutive days in a row, because he has to. So right. it's interesting. I was on a call with um, other reporters today and with, with Trump campaign officials, including the campaign manager, Bill Stepien, and uh, they were arguing that The Democrats came out early in terms of the early mail-in voting and early in-person voting, but that over the last week to 10 days, Republicans have tightened or closed the gap. And they also Mm -hmm. anticipate a higher-than-expected turnout for Republicans voting on actual Election Day next Tuesday than Democrats. So they feel like they have really made this a competitive race.
3: Good. OK, so 60 million people apparently have already voted in the presidential race. And, of course, uh, people are saying this could be an all-time voter turnout.
8: Yeah, we are seeing incredible numbers and and pictures and video of long, long lines uh, in the state of Maryland, uh, which in, in neighbors, Washington, D.C. In-person early voting began today at 7 a.m., and there are local reports in, in the Maryland and in, in the D.C. suburbs that uh, you had people, you know, standing in line at 5 and 5.30 in the morning, two hours ahead of time, thinking they, they would get their first, first in line, and they weren't in, anywhere close to being first in line by getting there an hour early. So there's a lot of interest, and both campaigns, John, are tracking very closely who is voting registered voters for each party, uh, independent voters. They're they are tracking to see uh, who actually is turning out, and they have their own internal numbers. And the Trump campaign was was being very uh, cautiously optimistic earlier today. We'll have to see if that holds between now and next Tuesday.
3: Very good. Greg Clugston is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, let's do a little bit of a uh conversation about COVID. Vice President Pence, his staff apparently has been infected deeply by COVID.
8: Right, and this is not the first time that uh, the the vice president's office has been affected by the coronavirus. The chief of staff for the vice president, a man named Mark Short, he's among those who tested positive um, early in the weekend um, he was not traveling with the vice president, I believe. I don't think it was Friday or Saturday that he was traveling with him, but he often does. In fact, I've I've been out twice with the uh, vice president uh, since the spring and once again in the summer, early fall. And uh, Mark uh, was on both of those trips, so he's obviously, his chief of staff, is a, a very... Um, you know, close aide and associate to the vice president. And there have been a number of other advisors and aides um, who have also been positive, And so that raised the question if the vice president would be curtailing or quarantining uh, his, you know, curtailing his schedule, that is. And uh, they talked to White House medical officials, and the White House has determined that the vice president, they're categorizing him as an essential worker, and therefore he's not going to quarantine and is going to keep campaigning. That has raised a few eyebrows, um, admittedly, not only in Washington, but at places that he is going to be visiting over the coming week, because he has got a very active travel schedule, as does the president. He'll be doing uh, at least two campaign stops a day for the rest of this week. It's interesting because he was going to be, presiding over the U.S. Senate for the vote on the Supreme Court nomination uh, vote tonight. But he is not going to now because it looks as if he's not going to be needed there for an eventual tiebreaker. Uh, And so because of concerns over health and, and safety, he's going to be staying away from that.
3: Interesting. So, Greg, I mean, by all accounts, the campaign really has been deeply affected by COVID, uh, whether, you know, you agree with the president's handling of it or not. Of course, the president himself contracting COVID, uh, now Vice President Pence and the staff. Uh, so, I mean, this is this has really sort of become the central theme of the campaign, despite all the other things around it.
8: No, that's exactly right, John. It's interesting because the the Trump campaign officials will say that the president's Um, focus and his central closing argument um, in in these last in these last few days in the last week uh, is going to be on the economy. Uh, Obviously, COVID and the economy are interrelated. But I I think it's safe to say that COVID is, is the dominant issue because it has literally affected not everyone in this country, but around the world at the same time. And so when at a time when we are seeing um, more states reporting additional cases, additional hospitalizations, and the fear of uh, a surge with colder winter weather approaching. Um, there's just no ignoring the fact. And so, while the while the president, while the Trump campaign is wanting to focus on the economy, Joe Biden obviously is focusing on. Uh, what he sees as the Trump administration's failure in in properly handling the pandemic, and so that's going to be continue, that's going to continue to be his main focus here these last eight days. Right.
3: So uh, let's talk about what happened last week. I mean, you joined us, I think, Tuesday of last week, Greg. Of course, there was a a final debate that was in the mix. Certainly a totally different tone for the president. Uh, He was much more effective, I believe. And um, I think he came out looking pretty darn good by comparison to Joe Biden. What were your thoughts on the debate?
8: Yeah, it was it was more of a normal and expected kind of debate than that we as a country have uh, you know grown to be accustomed to and to expect at least in in modern presidential times, especially after that first debate in Cleveland that was so bitter and chaotic and just um, it was hard to really follow uh, because there were so so many of these interruptions and it was it was a very difficult uh, debate the very first one to watch so this one was more traditional in the sense that everybody. Uh, you know, all, all the parties, meaning the moderator and the two candidates all seemed to be, you know, following, uh, the rules as they were laid out. So much was made about the, uh, the mute button ahead of time, because that was a change in, in the, uh, in the debate format. Uh, but it really didn't come into play very much, but, uh, both, both candidates played along. Um, a, a lot of supporters were, were, were encouraged to see the performance by Donald Trump. They felt like he was, uh, he was on his game. They felt that Joe Biden uh some Some uh, analysts were saying that at the end they they thought the last twenty thirty minutes he was beginning to fade in terms of his energy and that he he made a comment about transitioning away from fossil fuels and in an energy discussion at the very end that was really prompted by president trump um, that the trump campaign came really believes uh might be a fatal misstep for Joe Biden in a couple of key states, including in Pennsylvania
3: yes. and places
8: like Texas. Fracking, of course, is is the main issue when it came to that that comment. Right.
3: Well, I wonder, you know, I mean, uh, the undecided voters, it's a tiny, tiny percentage. And I wonder if uh, any minds were changed by what they saw with the debate. Yeah, that's the big
8: question. And to be honest, that's really the question when, you, when you're looking at the president crisscrossing the country with uh, daily rallies, multiple rallies every day. Um, he's obviously wanting to energize the base, the base a lot of uh, a lot of voters obviously will still be waiting until election day to cast their vote in person uh but there is a tiny slice of, of the undecideds uh at least the the polling data seem to indicate that at least it's a much smaller slice than it, it than it was 4 years ago so he's he's going after uh, whoever is out there that may be either sitting on the fence or people who did not vote last time and are, are wanting to vote this time around. That'll be very interesting.
3: Surely, Greg Clugson is with us, Salem Radio Network News, srnnews.com. Uh, Greg, let's move forward to this evening. Uh, this is a historic day. Um, Judge Amy Coney Barrett will be uh, voted in this evening as a Supreme Court Justice.
8: Right, an evening vote is scheduled at the U.S. Capitol, and the Senate is in a place right now to confirm Amy, Amy Coney Barrett because the Republicans hold the majority, and they have enough of their members who are on the record to say they will support her with an up vote. And so, uh, it looks to be, you know, essentially a party line vote, which is uh, which is a departure from say 15, 20, 25 years ago, of course, she's going to be uh, replacing this this slot that was uh, made vacant by the death of of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And someone like Ginsburg, it's been pointed out, everybody during her confirmation knew that she was going to be of a liberal persuasion in terms of her philosophy and how she approached issues. Yet she had over whelming, uh, you know, uh, support from the Senate, you know, uh, 80, 90 votes plus, and that used to be the case when judges who had good qualifications and strong judicial records um, were nominated, and unless there was some glaring you know, problem, personal or otherwise, the Senate used to, you know, move them through, whether they were Democrats or Republican appointed nominees. But uh, we haven't seen that for the last several cycles of Supreme Court justices. So she'll be she'll be uh, no no doubt on the Supreme Court, but with a very narrow margin in the U.S. Senate.
3: Yes. And, and so with her ascension to the Supreme Court, of course, uh, six to three, if you were keeping score at home of conservative versus liberal judges, I guess you could, you know, use that loosely. But now, of course, there's a lot of conversation about court packing. And and uh, Joe Biden has been asked about that. He heads. But then uh, just the other day, I think it was yesterday, he said, well, he would support a commission, a bipartisan commission to look at the idea of expanding the court. Can you talk about that?
8: Yeah, this is an issue that the Trump campaign has really, the president has really hammered Joe Biden on, and it wasn't until recently, like you mentioned, John, that that Biden has indicated what he would actually do. He played, uh, he was very coy for for many uh, for many weeks when he was asked this question. He said, "I'm not going to answer the question of what, um, my position is on expanding the size of the court, meaning adding more justices," and the argument that um people have against packing the court is that the idea is if you have um a president and a majority in the senate uh that are of the same party then you're likely going to be able to you know push through your judicial appointments including to the supreme court and um the the way to to way to get around that is to elect members of the opposite party to both the White House and the Senate, Uh, as if to say the Republicans are following the rules uh, as they are stated. It's very, it's it's phenomenal in a sense, uh, from an historic standpoint and a political and judicial standpoint, that Donald Trump in uh, just under one term in office has put three justices on the U.S. Supreme Court, and Judge Barrett will be number three tonight.
3: It's fascinating. These are pretty amazing times, aren't they, Greg?
8: They are. It's uh, it's a very stark election. You know, going back to we were talking about the debate last week. Um, in, no matter what you think of the candidates, uh, their personalities, their policies, their vision for the country, they there is a marked difference between these two mm-hmm. candidates, and so there's a there's a very stark choice facing American voters yes, this time around. Yes.
3: Well, it's good to be alive and happy to witness this, and uh, always uh, grateful, Greg, that you join us on Monday to sort things out for us. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure to have you with us.
8: I enjoy it, too. Thanks, John.
3: Thank you. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg Clugston and SRN News at wordfm.com, Salem Radio Network
1: Here's a better route to consider. The full stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak, available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866 711 6275. 866 711 6275. Or salemcareerhub.com.
4: Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including hero pay and hero sign on bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the hero pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com.
9: First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community.
10: The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people.
11: The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation.
10: The people are
4: amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I
7: want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience
6: First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart.
2: Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you
6: only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, liberty,
2: liberty, liberty. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of
12: these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this
2: community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard.
4: We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com.
2: Tonight will be cloudy with a shower around. Tonight's low, 42. Tomorrow, cloudy and chilly with a shower or two in the area. Tomorrow's high, 50. Wednesday, cloudy skies in the morning. Then, intervals of clouds and sun in the afternoon. Wednesday's high, 58. Thursday, cloudy skies with rain. Heavy at times from tropical rainstorm Zeta. We'll have a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. <music>
3: check out the giveaways at word.fm.com. Our book of the month for October is one that uh, anyone who's ever questioned how God's at work in the darkness is called a sky full of stars by Meg Apperson. Also at word.fm.com register for the family movie night, DVD six pack six films like uh, courageous fireproof, Facing the Giants, and many more. Also, pastors, you can win $2,000 in new tech hardware or software for your church. Whatever you need, register to win at wordfm.com forward slash contest. I mean, there's cool things going on there. So make sure you stop by and check out our website, wordfm.com. Hey, you know, I'm glad that 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 commercial just aired about... um, the campaign ads that um, are swamping us here, you know, when we started running uh, the ads, whether they were for president Trump or for, or for uh, candidate Biden, I mean, people just went, they were just a little nutty. Why are you running ads for, you know, for this person? He's not conservative. This guy, well, you know, we are required to run these ads. We are. And do you know that $10 billion, $10 billion is being spent on this campaign in advertising. That's incredible. I mean, when you think about, of course, radio, television, and now new media, of course, you know, the big tech people, they had to step away, Facebook, Google, but are you getting robocalls? Are you getting text messages? I mean, I can't believe the number of text messages I get. Hey, John, can we count on you for you? And I'm like, Please don't do this. Okay. Yeah. We we promise we won't. And then two days later, there's another one and another one and another one. I mean, it's just nonstop. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I've reached the point of exhaustion. And, and my guess is most of us have reached the point of exhaustion because it's just the ads themselves are just horrible. Really. So there's so much lying going on in the ads. You kind of think, wait a second, that can't be true. And I do believe just a little bit of fact checking. Right. But the people who produce these ads say that these ads are effective. I mean, they're making people look even here locally. Right. Uh, I mean, the local ads, they're horrible as well. People look like vampires or people look like, you know, axe murderers. You think what? really you're going way out of your way to make people look bad. There's no civility. There's no honor. There's no gentleness in all this. And I, I get it. Believe me, I know that politics are super rough hardcore business, but man, oh man, God help us. I, I don't know how you make the adjustment. I don't know how we as a society make an adjustment back to some form of sanity because it feels as though we've just lost our minds. And again, as I talked about at the opening of the show, if you don't have Jesus in your life, what are you clinging on to? Right? I mean, this is it. This is the best that we have in America, that we're so flipped out about the election that everything in our lives revolve around this. And so we've you know broken up friendships, marriages are on the rocks, people are yelling at each other in department stores or grocery stores. Holy smokes. I mean, you can't go anywhere without being overwhelmed by this. So what happens? What happens if, you know, that guy wins or our guy w- just hard feelings all around look i remember back remember back when we were on the air remember back when obama won i mean i remember that next morning people were like oh no this is the end of america look whatever you think about obama did we not survive as a country through 8 years of president obama undoubtedly so now we're worried about the hard left and what, you know, look i'm not excited about that but this is still a great country. And I do believe that God is with us. So whatever happens, right? We cannot lose our minds. We cannot be doomsayers. This is not the end of the world here. This is just politics. Our place as believers is in a different perspective, right? Our focus is on the creator. Our focus is on the majesty of God in our lives. If we've replaced that with something that's temporal and fragile, and quite honestly, more often than not, mean and ugly and silly, then what's up with our walk? All that to say that I do get people being upset about, oh, this is my radio station, and I hear ads for Canada X, and I'm shocked that you as my radio station would sell out. We've heard that any number of times. You've sold out. You're taking the money and running. That is not the case. Of course, we're taking the money because we are required to take the money for fairness, right? Just to make sure that there is fairness, equal access to airtime. It is a law and it is required, such as it is. All right. (laughs) Let us take a break. We'll come back in a few minutes. Keep your blood pressure low, right? (laughs) Say your prayers. Be back in a minute. 1.5
4: WORD.
5: Up ahead on Insight for Living from Chuck Swindoll. The most powerful testimony a church can demonstrate is unity. Don't think the world doesn't spot it. It amazes them when they see a truly happy church. Here Chuck Swindoll's series called Becoming a People of Grace, Monday through Friday on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8
2: on 101.5 WORD. Hey pastors, how are you reaching your community? Here's John MacArthur from Grace to You. I don't need to
12: recreate the truth. I don't need to innovate anything. I need to follow the example of those who have gone before and have been profoundly blessed by God.
5: Pastor Don't miss encouragement like that from John MacArthur. Join us for a series of virtual pastor appreciation events. You'll also hear from Alan Jackson of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, speaking about the pandemic.
3: Christ in you enables you to be more than a conqueror. We're going to face challenges and difficulties. We're going to come through this season. We'll do better than that. We will flourish.
5: The Virtual Pastors Appreciation Event. Five different 90-minute sessions free each Thursday in October with 10 speakers and musical guests. Be encouraged, equipped, and edified.
6: Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Sponsored in part by RPTS and Geneva College. Register now at wordfm.com.
5: Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. You've heard about our Solar Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com, but did you know we also make the best gas logs for your fireplace? You've probably seen Rasmussen gas logs and fireballs on TV and in the movies. We've got sizes to fit all fireplaces, styles to fit every decor, and we even do custom designs for large and unusual fireplaces. Lighting these logs is as easy as pushing a button. Realistic Rasmussen gas logs look great even when the fire is off. For regions prone to power outages, gas logs are an excellent source of emergency heat with no electricity required. We've been making them since the 50s, so you can buy a Rasmussen gas log with confidence. So go to besthotgrill.com to find the products you need to keep you warm inside and outside of your home while eating great grilled food. Learn more at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com, besthotgrill.com.
6: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... A-O, A-O. And Doug.
13: Where's the money, Karen? I'm sorry,
3: the money?
6: The money is saved by having Liberty Mutual customize your home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Oh,
3: that money. I used it to add to my collection of clown paintings. <laughs> Take a look.
2: Ah, I mean, ah may Liberty, Liberty, Liberty,
13: Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com.
3: From our windows at 7 Parkway Center, we look out on the yard. And every day around noonish or so, I, I imagine a bell rings or something because you see children running. Skipping, jumping, streaming out into a playground. And it's I've been here so many years, and it's always a delight for me if I just happen upon that time and I look out the window and see that. Because the kids, they're they're winsome. They are joyful. They are so invested in having a good time and being children. So I think about that word winsome and and what it means. And one of our regular guests, Tim Ullhoff, he is part of something called the Winsome Conviction Project from Biola University. Tim's been with us for many years. His latest book is called Winsome Conviction, Disagreeing Without Dividing the Church. It's due out in December. And Tim, welcome back to the show. How are you this month?
14: Great. Great to be back, John.
3: Thank you, Tim. Tim, more than ever in this ugly era that we are in right now where people are losing their collective minds, do we not? And, of course, the answer is yes, because you've apparently, with your podcast and your book, have lifted winsomeness up to a whole other level. We need winsomeness, don't we?
14: Oh, my goodness, we need it today. But but winsomeness is predicated on trust. And what we've discovered with the Winsome Conviction Project, John, is that we worked with the high school and we've worked with a mega church here in Southern California. It went great at the high school with the faculty because they trusted each other. They had a communication climate of trust and commitment. We did it with the church. didn't work. And the reason it didn't work is because the climate wasn't strong enough. Really?
3: And so now, that's it, sad. It was, so what are you saying? So members yeah. of the church didn't trust each other within that?
14: Okay. So in, in fairness, it's a mega church. So not everybody attended. And the people that did attend, you know, when you get a church that large, sure. they may not even know each other necessarily. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so John, it, it just made us realize this, that there's no silver bullet communication wise. So if you're in a business, if you're in a church, a small group, a family, if you don't trust each other. If, if there's not a commitment that goes beyond the election, a commitment that goes beyond um your differences, then you've got to stop and work on the climate. It'd be like you know like where you guys are right if it's thirty below those kids aren't playing outside, no. and it doesn't matter what you try to do to keep them warm. 30 below is not conducive to playing outside. So we're, we kind of were humbled a little bit because we tried to move quicker than what the climate is. So I don't think we can fix the climate of the country, but my hope is that within your church small group that you guys can fix, make sure the climate is strong enough. Hey, we're committed to each other in this small group regardless of how you voted, regardless okay. of your political or religious beliefs. We're committed to each other.
3: So then Tim, what is the goal then? If you're bringing people together to talk about winsomeness and trust, you hope to achieve what?
14: Well, I that's a John that is such a great question. We would say two things at the Winsome Conviction Project. One, authentic disagreement. Is that okay, we do disagree about about who to vote for. We do disagree about this theologically. Right. The role of women in the church or Calvinism, Arminianism. But we're going to have an authentic disagreement. We're not going to be able to resolve it necessarily. But second, Paul says to the church at Rome, above all, protect unity. Above all, protect unity. So I would say to your small group and church or business, first, protect unity right? We are called as Christians to be unified. Now, are there some things that could split us apart? Yeah, I think there's the hallway of faith C.S. Lewis talks about, right? The hallway says um, it's Jesus is Lord, salvation in Christ alone, a physical resurrection. But then other stuff are, are uh, rooms off the hallway that we we're just going to have to live and let live.
3: Okay, so... You want to trust each other, right? You want to be together socially Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a civil agreement. So what does that look like? I mean, when you go into this, this school and there was success, what were the parameters that you assigned for that group to work with each other?
14: So they knew each other, right? And they trusted each other's walk with the Lord. So I need to trust the fact, John, that that you love the scriptures as much as I do and that you are saying, and I believe it, that wherever the scriptures take me, I'm going to go. I'm not going to buck against it. I'm going to go what I think Paul is saying or Jesus is saying. Now, when it comes to politics, guess what? That took me to Biden and you to Trump. But I still trusted the fact that you let Scripture take you there, and you sought out the affirmation of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit led us in two different directions. Now, that's really wild. And uh, when I was in seminary, my Systematics 1 professor said, that's the mystery of theology, how the Holy Spirit can take (laughs) people in two different directions, seemingly. So I need to trust your walk with the Lord, you love the Scriptures, and you're allowing the Scriptures— to dictate where you go. And if I don't trust that, John, then you then, then how, it, how, do you, how do you address that? Well, you're going to have to demonstrate to each other that we, we have made hard decisions because the, the scripture told me to do it. I didn't want to do it, but the scripture I felt like told me to do it, and I did it. If I, We call that counterfactual evidence. Right, I believe I don't trust you, but then I see you doing things for the sole purpose that you felt convicted by the Holy Spirit. That's why you did it. Mm-hmm. Then I can step back and say, okay, John does listen to the Spirit. I can relax because the Spirit is speaking to him.
3: Tim Uhlhoff is with us for the Winsome Conviction Project, which Biola University has just launched to promote civility and compassion in our discussion and our differences. All right, so then in that mega church, I mean, even though it was big and people maybe didn't know each other that well, but just by attending services or being part of the church for X number of time, you would think that people would at least acquiesce and go, this is my brother, this is my sister in Christ. They're here for a reason just like I am. They want to worship Jesus now, but at the same time, something's going to come up that is different or troubling and it didn't jive somehow.
14: Yeah. So we call this in rhetoric, we call it the definition of the situation. How I frame the situation uh, really works on how much I trust you. So we had David French on campus this last week. He's one of the top political commentators today. He's a Christian. No. And here's what he said, John, that I, I thought was brilliant. He said, we got to take the foot off the gas pedal. if." Vice President Biden wins. It is not the end of this country. It is not the end of religious liberty. He, he mentioned a court case I wasn't familiar with during the Obama administration in which it was basically, could a minister uh, be, be, be prejudicial based on their understanding of scripture? Under the Obama administration, it was a 9-0 affirmative vote. Even Justice Ginsburg threw her hat in the ring and said, mm. if he really does have religious liberty. Uh, reasons for doing so, I will allow him to be seemingly prejudicial. And he said, that's under the Obama administration. Now, President Trump's put two, probably three on the Supreme Court. So if I frame this, the way you vote is going to be the end of the country, then then I, I can't see any any reason, you wouldn't vote for my candidate. It is ludicrous. You wouldn't vote for my candidate. We, if that's how we define the situation, John, then it's a life and death struggle. And my one job is to convince you that you're wrong. I'm not listening for nuances. I'm not seeking to find common ground. So I think we need to take our foot off the pedal a little bit Mm -hmm. and to say, we can have different beliefs and still be unified by the hallway that Lewis talks about, not the rooms off the hallway.
3: Right, but the problem is, and of course you know that many of us believers believers have made religion uh, made you know politics our religion.
14: Yep, it's the hallway. And and we're going to have to go back to what we call confessional beliefs. The great thing about the Winsome Conviction Project is I do it with a theologian, and he has written brilliantly about Paul's handling of this issue with early church, right? You had Jewish believers, Gentile believers, and the the Jewish believers wanted to say, hey, we are going to pay attention to food and festivals. We're absolutely going to do that. And the Gentiles were like, no, we're not. You'd you be Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Paul stepped in and said, there has to be disputable matters that we can disagree with each other. And Paul weighed in on it in in, uh, in book of Romans. So we need to have enough intellectual humility to say, okay, I could be wrong on this. I don't think I am. I could be because I know you study the word. I know God directs you and you disagree with me. Okay. I think we're just going to have to live with this tension as we seek to live out the hallway. And I think the hallway is evangelism, the Great Commission. I think it's helping the poor, right? That's James. I think it's gathering together uh, for prayer, for the sacraments. So we're going to have to keep that hallway pretty small to keep our unity strong.
3: Well, Tim... God bless you. I mean, I need to hear this. I seriously, I need to hear this because I'm beside myself. I mean, you know, doing this and being part of this. I mean, just like, I don't know what it's like in California, but here in Western Pennsylvania, people have lost their minds. I mean, that's, it's all the people can think and talk and read and be about is this election next Tuesday as this, this is like the be all and end all of humanity.
14: And this is where, John, I think we need to enter into a time of two things. I'm going to say that one's going to sound crazy and nobody's going to listen to me. I'll say it anyway. We need to get off social media heading into the election. Starting today, your listeners need to say, I'm not reading anymore. I've read enough. My emotions are frayed. I'm not going to go on social media. I'm not going to watch the news heading up to the election. Second, we need to ask the Spirit to give us faith that God will. Now, I'm not a Calvinist, John, so I don't believe God has preordained who wins. I I don't. But he will use whoever wins to further his kingdom. He'll use whoever wins to do it um, in different, weird kind of ways. And we might think, yeah, but it's got to be Republican. It's got to be Democrat. Well, guess what? Paul said, God takes all things and works them out for good. So he's going to use whatever happens. He will use it to further his kingdom so we can just rest and relax that God is the king of redemption. He redeems things. So even if... Even if one wasn't quite uh, the Christian platform, he's still going to use that to achieve his purposes. uh, So I think we need to relax and say, God, I'm literally entrusting this to you, and I'm going to vote, but I'm entrusting the overall health of this country to you and that you can use imperfect Democrats and Republicans to accomplish your purpose.
3: Amen and amen and amen. Tim, thanks an awful lot. Tim Ullhoff from Biola University. The Winsome Persuasion podcast is available now. Tim, you can find that anywhere podcasts are, right? Yeah, Winsome
14: Conviction podcast. Winsome Conviction podcast, yes.
0: Joe Biden. Faith is what has gotten me through difficult times in my life. I lost my wife and daughter when my son had stage 4 glioblastoma, it was a matter of months. Personally for me, faith, it's all about hope and purpose and strength. And for me, my religion is just an enormous sense of solace. I go to mass and I say the rosary. I find it to be incredibly comforting. Kierkegaard said, faith sees best in the dark. Think of all the people you know who are going through horrible things and they get up every morning and they put one foot in front of the other. I marvel at people to absorb hurt and just get back up. And I'm absolutely thoroughly convinced and optimistic about the prospects of this country. There is nothing, there is nothing we can't do. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message.
6: Paid for by Biden for president. Thinking about life insurance? if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying
2: too much. For your free quote, call 800 2323. That's 800 494 2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since
5: 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com commercials, or price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
6: Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable, too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash
2: visit. Spring cleanup is for everyone, but nature saves its biggest mess for fall, where we race against time and the never-ending piles of falling leaves, where echo power is more important than ever. Echo makes some of the world's most powerful outdoor
3: power equipment, blowers and chainsaws that make light work out of the toughest fall cleanup jobs. Visit Echo-USA.com to find an Echo dealer near you. That's Echo-USA.com. Echo. Power on and on. Federal judge ruled on Friday against an oil city man who claimed a giant eagle uh, violated his rights because he refused to wear a mask in the store. Uh, Josiah Kostik. Was seeking a preliminary injunction to stop the grocery chain's mask policy. This is uh, from Paula Ward in today's uh, trib. The Giant Eagle argued that Caustic presented a direct threat to the health and safety of others, including customers and employees. So, United States District Judge Nora Berry Fisher ruled in the store's favor, denying Caustic's motion. She found that he failed to meet any of the necessary requirements to obtain the injunction. Now, Kostick was arrested May 16th at an Oil City Giant Eagle store on a charge of disorderly conduct for making unreasonable noise after a dispute where he refused to put on a mask. He pleaded guilty to that count on July 14th. He then filed a federal lawsuit against the store on July th- uh, June 3rd It had since been consolidated with several dozen other plaintiffs. In a 10-page opinion on Kostik's motion for preliminary injunction, Judge Fisher said that Kostik, who claimed that he cannot wear a mask without experiencing severe anxiety and had difficulty breathing, failed to present any medical evidence to back up his claim. Yeah, I think this is probably um, pretty common, right? Giant Eagle has been, like like in this article uh, in uh, today's Trib, that uh, he's just one of many across the country who have filed suits against retailers, but um, it's not getting a lot of play here. So I don't know. I mean, I think it just goes back to, you know, the old adage, no shoes, no shirt, no service. They can decide who comes in the store, you know, wearing what or not. That's all. Take a break. Reset for the five o'clock hour. Stick around. It's the ride home with Johnny Kathy here on Pittsburgh's Christian talk word FM.
4: 1.5WORD FM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iheart.com and at radio.com.
11: With S R N news. I'm John Scott. The Senate is set to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Barrett would be the president's third Supreme Court justice. A fast-moving wildfire has forced evacuations for 60,000 people in Southern California as powerful winds across the state prompted power to be cut to hundreds of thousands to prevent utility equipment from sparking new blazes. The smoky fire in Orange County broke out just before 7 a.m. local time and quickly threatened neighborhoods in Irvine. It's not clear what started that fire. Sales of new homes fell by 3.5% in September, the Commerce Department says. Despite the modest decrease, sales of new homes are up 32.1% from a year earlier. Sharp losses on Wall Street, the Dow off 650 points, the NASDAQ down 189, and the S&P fell 64. This is SRN News.
4: Donald Trump never speaks softly. He speaks boldly as the voice for the voiceless, defending the unborn, the strongest pro-life president in history. He speaks forcefully, protecting the persecuted here and around the world, and for our right to freely practice our faith. He speaks unapologetically, nominating a historic number of judges who will defend our God-given constitutional rights. Joe Biden and the radical left want to continue the Obama-Biden policies that forced immoral values in our homes and schools and support abortion up until the moment of birth. They've attacked President Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, for her faith. And Biden wants to rig the Supreme Court, taking away our constitutional rights. Donald Trump speaks for us boldly leading the way he's never let us down and never will
5: i'm donald
6: trump candidate for president and i approve this message paid for by donald trump for president inc trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors past results do not guarantee future
5: performance
4: stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations with the markets returning to pre-coronavirus levels unemployment rate shifting and the upcoming election it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next with vantage point you don't have to text money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy text money to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen vantage points patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds stop guessing start predicting trends 72 hours in advance Text the word MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Text the word MONEY to 411411.
13: Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage.
6: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.com corporate animalist number 1335. For account animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
2: Tonight will be cloudy with a shower around. Tonight's low 42. Tomorrow, cloudy and chilly with a shower or two in the area. Tomorrow's high 50. Wednesday, cloudy skies of the morning. Then intervals of clouds and sun in the afternoon. Wednesday's high 58. Thursday, cloudy skies with rain. Heavy at times from tropical rainstorm Zeta. We'll have a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
3: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Weird, isn't it? Tropical Storm Zeta. I mean, I don't think they named tropical storms. <laughs> I thought we, hurricanes got Got named. Now we're naming tropical storms. So it's helpful. I mean, maybe hopeful, I guess I should say. It is hopeful that they are naming the tropical storm Zeta. I I assume it's with a Z, although I've never heard of uh, anyone named Zeta before. But if if it's with a Z, then maybe they're saying, oh, this is maybe the last one. They're hoping it's the last storm and or hurricane of the season. So apparently it's going to make its way up here, right? A little rain. We could use some rain. A couple of weeks ago, our uh, dishwasher was on the fritz, and uh, I got an appliance guy who uh, I've had for a while. Um, and I called him, and he was like, "No, I don't fix dishwashers." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> really? I, d- I didn't know." So I had to poke around, and um, I went uh, against my better judgment to the next door app, which uh, you know is a hotbed of political talk and lost cats, basically. And uh, I found a guy and I called the guy. He sounded very reasonable, very kind on on the phone. And before you know it, he was here and lickety split. When you know it, he fixed the dishwasher and it wasn't that big of a deal. So I've been thinking about that. And, you know, uh, people who make their living, especially in this service industry, that, you know, the collapse of the service industry during the pandemic. I mean, you think about, you know, retail or restaurants, but uh, appliance repair technicians. Apparently are seeing explosive demand um, as families adjust to living at home 24/7. Sometimes with adult children, elderly parents, in-laws, right? Households are putting more and more strain on their appliances. Saw a piece in uh, today's Washington Post that uh, ovens and dishwashers, washing machines are breaking down like never before, but there is nobody to fix them. Now, I did not know this. Now, according to this article, you can go to an appliance repair sort of uh, institute and the classes last anywhere from three days to three weeks, of which, after the fact, you become certified as a repairman, which would allow you to, I believe hang up your shingle as an independent contractor or join someone, you know, join a local appliance store as part of their group. And apparently there is money to be made in this so much so that high schools are saying, look, uh, take our, take our boys, our 16, 17 year old boys and girls and turn them into appliance repair people, which kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, you're in and out the door. I, I don't know if, what I paid my guy. No. Not too bad, actually. I think it was like 75 bucks or something. I think it was, which I was surprised that, you know, I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> his rates were reasonable, but really a fine job. I was thinking, you know, like 100, 120 or something like that. But it's, it's isn't it funny how you depend upon these things? Like my wife and I, we went for years. I mean, literally years and years and years before we got ourselves a dishwasher. We just didn't feel the need for it. I mean, it was no big deal. And then we bought a new house. And the house came with a dishwasher. And I was like, how have I ever in my life never appreciated a dishwasher? Because growing up with seven kids, that's the last thing we had was a dishwasher. The seven kids were the dishwashers. So really, truly, like at the age of 40, I got my first dishwasher. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely fabulous. So you can go to appliance repair. I, I read this and got a little excited, like, oh, I should get my kids involved in that. Wouldn't it be cool to be, you know, an appliance repair person? Can you imagine the houses you go into, the stories that you hear, the personalities you meet, you know, people hanging over you? I try not to, whenever the guy shows up to do the repair work, I try to just like leave him alone, right? The last thing I want to do is make small talk or try to look and see what he's doing as though I know what's going on and I'm going to try to help the guy. Of course not. And that's why you hired the guy, right? So God bless all appliance repair people. It sounds like a, a fabulous thing. And they're in, in a good. So there's a silver lining for COVID, right? Um, if you if your work, if your uh, stuff needs fixed, call the appliance repair guy. They were a dying breed, but apparently they are not anymore because of COVID. So that's a very good thing. All right. uh, Let us take a break. Uh, We've got much more ahead. Uh, Listen, uh, in case you're wondering, I'm talking about appliances by myself. Kath is off today. It's uh, the Emmons anniversary. So happy uh, anniversary to the Emmons family, to uh, Kath and Eric. Come back. We've got much more ahead. We're just getting underway here. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy.
4: 101.5 WORD.
3: In touch with
5: Dr. Charles Stanley. It is certainly the will of God that every one of his children have spiritual discernment because he knows that the more spiritual discerning we are, the stronger our relationship with the Lord Jesus is going to be.
1: In touch with
6: Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day.
5: Tomorrow
2: morning at
6: 8.30 on 101.5 WORD.
7: Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Ammons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496.
3: Years ago, when we were just starting out, we were a young family. I can remember any number of dark nights lying in bed while my wife and kids are safely tucked away in their dreams, and I'm laying there listening to the sound of the house, wide awake, deep in worry about family finances. <laughs> Few things in life are more sobering, more terrifying than worrying about money. And I don't know where you are in this COVID upside-down economy, but if you're thinking about refinancing or cash-out refinancing, you should talk to the good family at United Faith Mortgage. They'll help your family. With wisdom and prudence and discipline, they can give you financial life. The direct lender advantage, it means everything. Family. Faith. It's why they're here, to help United Faith Mortgage.
5: United Mortgage Court, Melvin, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender
6: License number 22672. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
3: If you've got kids, I think most people look at their kids on their phones or their laptops or iPads or whatnot and have concerns. I'm raising my hand because I do. I've got a lot of concern. My kids are older. I get a 22- year old and a 20- year- old, and of course, you know, uh, like a lot of parents, we waited for a long time to give our kids their phones. And you know what? As soon as we gave them to them, I think they were, I don't know 15, maybe 16, I don't know, maybe I don't know, somewhere in that age. They weren't nine, they weren't 11. But as soon as I gave them the phone, I I regretted it. I just really did. And, of course, you know, Pandora's out of the box. So now with COVID um, and kids online doing Zoom class, that's a whole other layer to just hanging out, playing games or being on social media. Well, Arlene Pellicane is with us and along with Gary Gary Chapman. Arlene wrote a book called Screen Kids, Five Skills Every Child Needs in a tech driven world. Arlene, thanks for coming along today.
10: Thanks so much, man. As you're talking, I'm like nodding my head, like, Oh yeah. <laughs> really
3: yeah. I mean, Arlene, yeah. Arlene, so you've got kids, right? I mean, so if you, if you don't mind, tell, tell me the story of you and the limits uh, allowing your yeah. kids, you know, devices.
10: Yeah. Believe it or not, a lot of why we write these books and why we speak is we feel like we found an answer a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two high schoolers, a junior and a freshman, and then I also have a sixth grader. So from the very beginning, they knew, you know what, we're going to roll a little different. You're not going to have a personal tablet. You're not going to play video games. We're not doing social media, and when you get older, we're not giving you a phone. So they kind of grew up with this, <laughs> but we are not anti-tech. You know, you walk yeah. in our home, we're podcasting, we're editing video. Like, we're not an anti-tech family. But we recognize, just like you said, that once a child, no matter what their age, has mm. this personal device, then all of a sudden, all the free time goes to this device and you're like, what in the world <laughs> happened to my child? Yeah. So believe it or not, because we, we want it to be fun. There's a relationship there. You know, there are they have skills, you know, so there's piano and there's, you know, sports. And you, you understand, it's not just we're just staring at each other. But sure. just eliminating video games, eliminating social media and eliminating personal devices. That's a huge like I just say it so people know it can be done. But I know for a lot of people, they're like, that's nice for you and your family, Arlene. But we are not we've already opened that box and and we don't picture ourselves going back. Right. So I love Okay, So, to Arlene, so then that's the problem
3: yes. then. right? I mean, the box is open. You can't, yep. can't necessarily go back, really. Can you?
10: Yeah, So so you can't the, the older your child is and the more entrenched they are in their electronics, the harder it's going to be, the younger your kids are. And, you know, maybe it hasn't been that long, the easier it's going to be for you to dial back and say, hey, you know what, I've been letting you play this video game after dinner until nighttime. And I realize, you know what, we're wasting a lot of time with that and we're going to do this instead. And your kid might say might throw a fit at first, but after a while, your kid's going to be like, oh, I actually really like this new activity. So the younger they are and the less entrenched they are, the easier. But if you've got a 15, 18-year-old that's mm-hmm. you know been playing video games, it's on social media, all these things, it's still not too late. You can still go to that child that you're paying for all their digital stuff anyway, and they live in your home. It's okay to say, you know what? I just realized that you're not getting a good, good night's sleep. And really, that's on me as your parent. And when you graduate out of the house, you know, you'll be making your own decisions. But now I am here to guide you. So we're going to, A, collect all the devices out of your room at night. You know, maybe, B, it's, hey, we've noticed that you have had a hard time getting your stuff done. So we're going to do an experiment. We're going to take your phone for seven days. You can do that as a parent. And your kids might not be responsive at first, but they will be. You know, they really will, after the days go on, realize you know what, Mom or Dad? This this is actually like I'm thinking more clearly, and I'm sleeping better. So, I, you, it's never too late. It's never too late to do something. Okay, if your child so, is living Arlene, With you,
3: so that phrase, "I'm thinking more clearly," uh, talk about that because I, you know, and I, I see this in myself that yeah. you know, since the introduction of all this, my brain has changed, my totally. control, my you know, patience, my all that. There's something about it; it's affected me. Yeah.
10: So every time that you're online, it's like that slot machine of, oh, what email did I get? Who's texting me? What picture was I just tagged in? And so you keep pulling that slot. And so your brain becomes very fatigued because it doesn't have downtime. So it can't put things like in storage. You know, it's just like everything's getting crammed in the closet. Nothing's getting sorted, you know. So for your child it's like they can't think clearly it's just all shoved in there there's no downtime quiet time to process what they're learning experiencing feeling etc and then they have this dopamine where it's pleasure like disneyland once you know a year is lovely but disneyland every single day ride after ride after ride after a while the brain is like man we've got to downshift because we can't handle this kind of pressure all the time and so you're right that when your kids come offline, maybe you do an experiment that you do. Hey, Sunday, we're going to turn off the Wi-Fi and we're going to not check our stuff, not play you know, video games for one day and just see how it goes. And you'll know if your kids can't do it, you'll know, oh man, we got to try this again. Or if it's not fine, then you're like, okay, good. They're not so you know, into it that they can't sh- sh- shift gears. But truly you're right by getting outside, by being quiet, by reading, doing something different, that's all replenishing for your brain. Because think of it, your brain needs exercise, but when you're on screens, what are you doing? You're usually sedentary. You know, your brain's not used to all that dopamine and pleasure. When your child's playing a video game, they think it's fight or flight. Like, I got to survive. I got to survive. So the blood is going to all these survival things, breathing, major organs, and it's completely empty from the, the prefrontal cortex. It's the decision maker that says, this is how you should have self-control and you really should go to dinner and you've been playing for four hours. You should stop. That part's completely dark. So you're right. The brain is being impacted.
3: Arlene Pelican is with us along with Gary Chapman. She's got a brand new workout called screen kids, five skills every child needs in a tech driven world. Okay. So Arlene talk about some of those skills. I mean, um, is patience within there um, is winsomeness? What are the skills that are yeah. necessary?
10: <laughs> you could definitely fold those in there. The A plus uh, skills refer to things, you know, we think of the academic A, but there's other A's, the A plus skill of, of affection. And there would be your patience. You know, can your child act in a loving way? Do they know how to receive love? Do are, do they feel that love and belonging from you as a family or are they getting, looking for that, you know, in social media, et cetera, affection? The next skill is appreciation. Is your child grateful? And if your child has a grateful heart, all those other virtues will flow out of that. But if your child, because they've been taught by technology, I want it now, I want what I want, I want it faster, I won't wait for it, right? Then it's like, my friend has the latest iPhone. Why don't I? Right. So instead of being grateful, they're entitled. Do so you want gratitude, which is appreciation? Excellent. Skill of anger management. We're all going to get mad. But what do we do with that anger? Can we tell, is my anger justified or did I just not get what I wanted? The a plus scale of apology, can your child say, I'm sorry, or are they just going to blame someone else or just defriend someone instead of talking to them? And the last one is attention. Can your child pay attention? Reading a book, listening to a lesson in class, you know, sitting through church, can they pay attention?
3: That's good. I mean, you know, when I hear this, I think this all makes common sense, right? I mean, this is just a skill set and a discipline that's involved with, you know, and I I mean, I'm sure you know this, but, you know, the tech giants, you know, the the film that's on Netflix right now, Social Dilemma, right? I mean, they're saying, "I I won't allow my kids to do this. Why would I let my kids have this? And they're the inventors of it. I mean, Steve Jobs himself wouldn't let his kids have iPhones. So that tells you a lot right there.
10: It really does. So I think for the common person like us, the consumer, that we need to realize, my goodness, if the editor of Wired won't let his kids use an iPad because he calls it gaming crack, then maybe we should think twice before putting it into the hands of our two-year-old. You know, so I really think yeah. you're right. When you watch these Silicon Valley people who understand the kind of persuasive designs that's there and how it's it's you know made to be addictive, they understand that and they know. My eight year old, my 10 year old, my 12 year old will not be able to handle that. And they're going back to these classrooms with, you know, chalkboards and <laughs> pens and paper. When you see that, that's something to tell us man, maybe we're getting duped here.
3: Right. Okay. so, Arlene, you know, in the whole sweep of things, I mean, you know, the work that you and Gary are doing, this is, of course, excellent work. But, you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of society is going to go right by this. And so we go to church in a college town when we're at the college town. You see all the you know, all the uh, kids with their heads down, walking down the street. We are essentially creating, you know, zombies among us. And, you know, we're just all part of that creation. I do fear for the future that lies ahead and how we interact with each other.
10: I agree with you because we are of the generation that remembers, wait a minute, this is strange. This is odd that everyone is sitting at lunch and people are looking at their phones instead of talking to each other. Like we recognize that's kind of weird. Whereas future generations will say, what's weird about that? That's really normal. So I understand that it can be discouraging. And that's why at your family level, like with the people that you influence, your best friends, your nieces and nephews, your children, your grandchildren, you can be the difference to say, you know what, these these principles of speaking the love languages without a phone in between you and your child, that's always going to be the same. Your child will Mm -hmm. always need love, whether they live in the 21st century or the 40th century, you know, and so that need will still be there. And so the hope is that each family who reads a book like Screen Kids, who watches something like Social Dilemma will get fired up and say, okay, in my home, We will use devices, but we'll have, you know, very sharp, you know, uh, boundary lines around them. And we'll make sure that all the other good stuff is happening.
3: That's good. Okay, one more thing before you leave us. So a friend of mine has grandchildren. She said to me a couple of times, it breaks my heart because I get so excited. My grandkids are coming over, but when they come over, Mm -hmm. they've got their phones and I, I really, you know, they're there physically, but they're not with me.
10: Yeah, and it is so sad because that's that opportunity to connect. So we have a companion book, Grandparenting Screen Kids, for that Mm. grandparent to give her hope of how can I connect with my child without screen. So that's grandparent screen kids. But I would say not to be afraid to create that new normal, to expect that it's going to be hard at first, like if they have a little coat check, like you used to, coat, you know, check yeah. in your coat. You say, okay, you're at grandma's house, let's check in your devices. You can have them when you leave, and of course they're going to freak out. But then, you know, we're baking chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to teach you how to cook today. We're going to go to the bank, and I'm going to show you how to make a deposit. Like, I'm going to be life-skilled grandma. And you know what? Those kids will be so grateful. And all I'm saying is for you, grandma, for you, grandpa, don't be afraid to say the rules are different at our house and I will either have fun with you or it might not be quote unquote fun, but I'm going to teach you something you really need to know and be proactive with your time. Cause if you've got a teenager, you don't have a whole lot more, you know, there's not much more time that you're no. going to be spending with them. So use it to your advantage, get the devices out of there. It is your house. You can make
3: your rules. Okay, good, so then have courage and then and then, I think the big thing what I'm taking away is for those intrepid souls, for those parents who say our kids are little, when it comes time to look at that screen thing, that phone, that tablet, we're not going to go there. I mean, your yeah. kids are not Luddites, they're not living you know in an Amish no. community, you know, and they're just regular kids.
10: they're the happiest kids on the block. they are ready for life. My son, who does not have a phone and who's a junior in high school. He has good grades. He has good friends. He serves uh, at church. He'll direct the traffic for church. He just got his driver's permit. He teaches piano lessons. He skis. He rollerblades. He runs. He's the captain of the debate team. Like, he he knows what he's doing. So it doesn't mean like, oh, what are we going to do? I don't have a phone. You know, like, you're going (laughs) to, in its absence, you're going to let your kid become something, become skilled at other things that aren't on a device. And that's really what counts.
3: I'm into that. Arlene, thanks enough a lot. Enjoyed the conversation.
10: Thanks so much for having me.
3: Our pleasure. Arlene Pelican, along with Gary Chapman, Screen Kids Five Skills Every Child Needs in a Tech Driven World.
9: First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community.
10: The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people.
11: The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation.
10: The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ. And our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody
7: in Pittsburgh to come and experience.
6: First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. In the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Is your school a true partner in your childhood? Child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand in hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, at this moment, local Christian schools, colleges, and universities are offering half price tuitions for first time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com tuitions. Customers, students, and staff expect a new level
11: of clean. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. Cintas performs surface sanitizer and disinfectant spray services to common touch points, installs and refills touchless hand sanitizer dispensers, and provides commercial laundry services to help minimize employee exposure. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Cintas.com. And get ready for the work day.
7: John, I talked to my daughter today who's a student at Grove City. And uh, we were talking about her grades. You know, it's a little more than halfway through. Her midterms were last week. And I said, so, you know, how's it going? And she said, Mom, I had the greatest meeting with my guidance counselor. And I said, guidance counselor. She's not really a guidance counselor. It's like your advisor when you get to college, right? right, right. I said, what was so great about it? And she said, well, what I couldn't believe is like he was up to date on what I was doing. Like he knew how I was doing in each one of my classes. He knew the professors I had. He knew some of the things I'd talked to him about before. She said, all of a sudden I felt like... I didn't have to go in and like tell him how things were going. He already knew how things were going. And so it was an opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other better. And I thought to myself, John, that's what I missed in my college experience. And that's what I'm so glad my kids are getting is that type of individualized attention that just as an adult reaching out to a student and saying, hey, I know where you are. Let's talk about it.
3: That's powerful. So, Grove City College, big enough to know it's a university and there's great intellectual stew there, but small enough that you're known by the people who are supposed to look out for you and shepherd you. Listen, both Kath and I, our kids go there. We love it. Look online for next year at Grove City College, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. Listen
4: on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at WordFM.com. By Heart, tune in, and on radio.com. In the car or at home too. At 101.5 W O R D Pittsburgh.
2: Tonight will be cloudy with a shower around tonight's low 42. Tomorrow, cloudy and chilly with a shower or two in the area. Tomorrow's high 50. Wednesday, cloudy skies of the morning, then intervals of clouds and sun in the afternoon. Wednesday's high 58. Thursday, cloudy skies with rain, heavy at times from tropical rainstorm Zeta, will have a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
3: Take a drive out to the country, wherever that might be. And especially this time of year, I'm always curious about people uh, burning leaves, of course, I'm, I'm living here in the city, and I don't think that's been legal for many a decade. But, Mike, uh, living out in Newcastle, um, are they still burning leaves? I mean, does that happen at your parents' house?
13: Uh, n- not for a while. I mean, I haven't smelled. It you know, has, has a distinct the smell. smell to it. Yeah,
3: I like I the smell.
13: I I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it.
3: What, what, it, does it, it, it. Does it denote work to you or something?
13: Not only that, but it just, it's mess it messes with my allergies.
3: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, Newcastle's pretty far out there, right? It you does. would think that people are burning leaves out in Newcastle. Yeah. You
13: can pretty or- much burn anything except for, uh, except on
9: Sundays. You can't burn okay. anything on Sunday. Really?
3: There's a Sunday burning law. Yeah. Apparently. That's interesting. I want, okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I, as kids, we were allowed to do that, but I often wonder about that. You know, you don't see that anymore. And I just kind of wonder, you know, now I'm out there raking, I was raking leaves, you know, and thinking I kind of, I don't mind raking leaves, but it should be nice to burn a few leaves as well.
13: <laughs> I think, isn't that illegal here?
3: Yeah, it is. It's okay, illegal. That's I yeah. yeah. I can't do it. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's certain things, I mean, I, I was, you know, grew up and you could burn trash not that you want everybody burning trash, okay. So, uh, how about this, Mike? Now you're a new homeowner oh, yeah. in your neighborhood. Are you uh, required to recycle?
13: Yes, yes, we uh, are every mm-hmm. Tuesday.
3: Every Tuesday, okay. We do it um, every other every other Thursday is my recycling. But I wonder about this right now. Now I feel like I've been duped because apparently for years the United States was you know sort of shipping all of their recycling to China. And now China's going, we've got too much recycling. So you keep yes. it. Yeah. And now they're saying recycling doesn't really matter. So just throw your recycling in with your trash. But I don't want to do that. So it's just like it's become like a, a little bit of a political football.
13: Right. I heard somewhere that they, they're taking it to Venezuela. Oh gosh. So China's not taking it anymore. So they're just No, they're done with it. Right. Yeah. They're just taking what? it to Venezuela.
3: So the Venezuela wonder why. What what's happened to Venezuela? Uh-huh. They you know, we'll take it so there's no money is there no money to be made now in recycling because that was always a thing hey you know your recycling it's it's valuable right right absolutely i don't know it's anyway i'd like to burn some leaves and continue to recycle but no too because it's not going to happen all right let us take a break uh jason charone's going to be with us he's got a hot topic you don't want to miss this he's going to talk about marxism holy smokes that's ahead it's the ride home with John and kathy on word fm
4: 101.5 W O R D.
2: When someone finds
11: out they're being laid off, they lose a lot more than just a paycheck. Here's Dale Kreinkamp. When you cared about the work you did, you cared about the people you worked with, and someone made a decision to take that away from you. It's just really hard. Finding strength and stability when you've lost a job. Next time on Family Life Today.
6: Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5, Word FM, WORD. Joe Biden.
0: Faith is what has gotten me through difficult times in my life. I lost my wife and daughter. When my son had stage 4 glioblastoma, was a matter of months. Personally for me, faith, it's all about hope and purpose and strength. And for me, my religion is just an enormous sense of solace. I go to mass and I say the rosary. I find it to be incredibly comforting. Kierkegaard said, faith sees best in the dark. Think of all the people you know who are going through horrible things, and they get up every morning and they put one foot in front of the other. I marvel at people who absorb hurt and just get back up and i'm absolutely thoroughly convinced and optimistic about the prospects of this country there is nothing there is
9: nothing we can't do
0: i'm joe Biden, candidate for president and i approve this message
1: Paid for by Biden for president.
9: Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so.
6: At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care.
4: Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still
6: there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
11: There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took.
9: I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me.
12: That was all I really needed. We got back and of course we went to different cities One day he called me
10: out of the blue And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back
4: We hadn't talked for a while and then she texted me and we went for a walk
3: She called me from time to time I really didn't think I needed any help I was away from my
1: family during the holidays And a friend invited me to their house for dinner It really meant a lot He knew I was having a rough week So he asked me to go fishing with him
0: My friend knew that I didn't
9: want to go out, so she brought me dinner instead. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared. It gave me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your
10: presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at veteranscrisisline.net.
3: Father Jason Chiron is back with us from Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie. PA. Jason's been a regular guest of our show for years. Jace, how are things with you today?
12: God's in charge. Can't complain. Wonderful.
3: <laughs> i to that. God is in charge. Okay. Jason, uh, I'm a little leery of opening this topic up because I, I don't think I've ever had this conversation on air, but you of all things uh, as a priest want to talk about Marxism.
12: Marxism. Yeah. Yep. I've been, uh, uh, you know, by a very good friend of mine whom I trust very, very much. Um, and he said, you know, Mar- Marx's early writings are misunderstood and, uh, you know, maybe there's time, there's time for a Christian reinterpretation of Marx. And uh, I trust him a lot. And I thought, oh, I need to do my homework. So I began reading more about the life of Karl Marx.
3: Really? All right. Well, g- uh, unpack this for us because I am dubious.
12: <laughs> well, you know, um, I I did some reading about his early life, and I'm, you know, I'm not an expert, I'm, you know, I'm still uh, uh, a work in progress on this, but, you know, there's that old saying from uh, Aristotle, that if you want to know the the revolution that a man wants, first look at his private life, and um, his we just some background, and we tend to think, well, religion stays in the religion box, and you know, don't be getting into politics. But um, the, the, there is no concrete wall separating the two on the question of Marxism because his, it turns out he was uh, obsessed with the demonic. He was obsessed with, um, uh, in his poetry in his early years, uh, with the macabre and the dark uh, spiritual forces in our universe. And uh, you know he, he speaks about this in his poems and uh, his published poetry, and the even the names of the um, you know the names of the uh, his poems are you know satanic like uh, Ulanum and uh, is one, and he was obsessed with Mephistopheles like characters in his writings, um, and fire and uh, destruction and misery and uh, condemnation and annihilation and all of these these really depressing and morbid. Uh, um, images, you know, of horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, kind of, un- unfortunately it, 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 reflected in the life of his children and in the life of those, uh, nations that adopted his political philosophy later
3: on. Really? So yeah. w- I want, what was that I wonder that drew him into that? I mean, he, he lived in a very strange time, obviously a, a very bright person. I mean, what about his faith? I mean, if, if you're in, involved in the occult, was he a follower? Would he call himself a follower of Christ?
12: No, no, he wouldn't. And uh he was um you know, I think uh obviously um fallen away secular Jewish family, uh and um but by the time he was, you know, in college, um uh he did take some uh, theology classes we know at, at the University of Bonn uh from a, believe it or not, an atheist theology professor, uh um, mm-hmm. uh, Bruno Bauer, um, in uh, the eighteen thirties. Um, but, um, it, that was more simply to acquire ammunition to throw against, against the, the Christians. So, but he was an atheist to answer your question was, he, he believed that there, there was no God. And, uh, if, if there was any God, it was, you know, it was, uh, um, kind of this, this mythical Lucifer figure who, you know, embodies rebellion and resistance and, um, you know, it, it's him that, that, that we need to, uh, uh, to 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 follow, you know this this right. ideal the the idealization of of revolution and uh, overthrowing order.
3: Okay, so then your friend recommended that you read up on this. You because you love and know your friend, you thought, well, I'll do this. Has there been something that's positive that's come from this?
12: You know, um, it, it has, and the, the positive thing that's come out of this is that. We Christians need to double down and really preach the necessity of the Spirit. We live, you know, the the church is the one society in this world that exists for its non-members. You know, all these other societies in the world exist for their membership, right? Right. (laughs) The church church exists here also for her non-members. And uh, the positive thing I've gotten out of this is, hey, I need to be preaching the necessity of the spiritual life, of a spiritual worldview to people who are completely disassociated and uh, unbelieving. And the reason is is that if I don't, they create their own world. and it is not devoid of spiritual, and cataclysmic implications for their communities and for all of mankind. Amen. So this is this is something I've taken away from it. Uh, there's no vacuum here. Just because they don't believe in the spirit world doesn't mean the spiritual world stops existing. And uh, I, I, as a Christian, I really need to uh, you know get up and I need to uh, get out of my comfort zone and um, uh, make a point of of speaking about you know the spiritual dangers involved in with atheism.
3: Yes. Jason Sharon's with us, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Okay, Jason, so it's a weird... Uh, um A weird puzzle to me that someone like Karl Marx would believe in Satanism and the powers of evil in this world, right? I mean, that's one side of the coin, so to speak, and not see the power and beauty of the faith of Christ. I I just don't understand how you can be invested in one and not at least delve into the power of light and grace and forgiveness.
12: Yeah, well, I I think in the spiritual life, there's at the end of the day, there's there's no neutral ground. You know, you're either um, a foot soldier uh, with God, or you're uh, a foot soldier against God. You know, you're 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 playing on on uh, on, on one team or the other. Eventually, um, now I I don't know if he was you know a rank and file Satanist. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I am saying that in his in his uh, just judging by uh, his early writings, is that there was a fascination which was not simply um, interest. It was beyond that. And it had to do with the occult, and it had to do with uh, the lower spiritual forces. Um, and uh, so, um, so and, and the other thing I think, although I, I agree with you, it, it's kind of hard to think that someone who's a complete materialist would all of a sudden believe in you know, demonic forces. But here's the thing, we may not be interested in the demonic forces. But that doesn't mean the demonic forces are not interested in us.
11: Hmm. I'm into that. Yeah.
3: So, so talk about that. I mean, isn't it weird? I mean, this is kind of like, you know, a a conversation for the 21st century because here we are just a few days before Halloween, right? I mean, even in the COVID era, right. uh, People still are interested. They want to watch, you know, the scary movies with all the, all that craziness. What is it about the appeal of that, Jason? When I see that, I kind of want to run away from that. I mean, it doesn't hold any fascination for me, but clearly uh, the world, society loves that darkness.
12: It does. You know, if you take a bird, you steal a bird away from his nest and you try and and raise that bird as, you know, uh, as a gerbil. uh, He's still going to have that natural desire to spread his wings. And, uh, although we live in an age which is scientific and naturalist, uh, naturalistic, uh, which tries to live life according to, uh, pragmatic and positivist categories, that doesn't mean that there is no spiritual world. And, uh, man, if, if, if we deprive ourselves of the teachings of God in Christ and the apostles, right? Um, that doesn't mean that our deep-down natural longing for the supernatural ceases. It doesn't cease. So there is going to be some kind of outlet, like that bird that raises a gerbil. It's eventually going to want to spread its wings. And if, if through government force, through family pressure, a man is denied you know, the saving truths of the gospel— uh, eventually, it may not happen until his twenty-fifth year. It may not happen until his fifty-fifth year, but somewhere he's going to find an outlet to communicate with the supernatural. And um, the culture is giving us all kinds of supernatural outlets, outlets to the to the the demonic forces. In terms of, you know, we just turn on the television, or you can go and look yeah. at a Ouija board at you know at whatever your supermarket is, or you can look at all kinds of of things online. I was walking in. The, a city the other day and they were offering you know to to to, to give me a tarot card reading you know right. so um I, I didn't take any of that up obviously but uh the the these opportunities are there
3: it's just an odd it's an odd place to be in and you know you look at the way the world is today and again what's interesting is for people who are interested in that whether you know passing or drilling down a little deeper if you would bring up the darkness of the world that we live in today i mean clearly i mean you know just to be alive you you can recognize the darkness of the age that we live in there's no you know i don't think there's any exaggeration there but a lot of people would scoff at that and think well of course not i mean satan is not among us it's just a a figment of our imagination or it's just a play toy and i think it's all very very dangerous
12: it it certainly is um uh you know there was uh, an article in uh, a major newspaper on the east coast about three or four weeks ago um regarding a a woman from the boston area who was you know very much involved in the abortion rights movement as they call it um and uh she it led her to join the, the you know the, the temple of satan um and she writes about it i don't know if it was the you know boston globe or the new york times or something one of those two um and uh, so here just a suburban mother you know uh, a soccer mom as you as as we may call them um and and she joined the you know the temple of satan um simply because we desire um uh, supernatural life that transcends uh time and space um and if if we're not going to preach that that kingdom then there are other forces out there that will
9: mm-hmm.
3: have you yourself ever felt that have you you know i mean i remember being in college at one point and feeling this come over me. And I thought, Oh Lord, you know, keep me safe, protect me from all the powers of evil. I mean, there are, there are ways to combat, you know, the the, the powers of darkness that can come upon you.
12: Yeah, well, we priests, um, we, we do um, house blessings. Uh, and I've been to a number of haunted houses and uh, where, you know, those things are, are are real. And it's interesting, you know, why would God permit something like that? Um, and, uh, you know, there's, is that, I mean God doesn't send people to places like that, but you know the, the demons are very interested in uh in terrorizing people and it's very interesting because uh people who have no belief in Christ or the supernatural uh, they come out of those uh those experiences as convinced Christians you know uh so I yeah I've had experience with uh, the houses like that and uh the cleansing that takes place uh in those homes and those families um, Regarding, you know, exorcisms, I have never been to one, but I have a friend, not not in this city, but uh, elsewhere, who, who is an exorcist. And uh, um, I tell you that those people who who are delivered from the destructive power of Satan are, uh, become among the most God-fearing people you will ever meet.
3: Really? Oh, really?
12: I did not yeah. know that.
3: It would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, to have Satan deep inside your flesh and bones and then to be released from that bondage, you would think that you would praise the Lord. Oh,
12: it's like living in a cave for 40 years, and all of a sudden you're bought, brought out and put in the middle of the Mojave Desert. I mean, it's just light everywhere. Um, but you know, this so these connections of, of uh, Satanism and the occult and uh, Marxism they're not they're not unconnected. They are connected. Uh, and one of the great um, you know Protestant pastors of the 20th century was Richard Wormbrand from Romania. Uh, and in, if you ever read his book, uh, Tortured for Christ, or his book, um, uh, Marxism and Satan, uh, he speaks in there uh, on a number of occasions about the satanic pleasure that the communists had in torturing the Christians, um, and it comes out in the middle of those torture sessions. So if these people were purely political, they had, they're, they're, they had no interest in religion, they had no interest in spirituality, uh, then why is it that in the middle of these Communist torture camps. They would single out the Christians, and they would uh, um, make fun of God. They would force the priests, you know, to do unthinkable things: consecrating human feces and consuming it as though it were the Eucharist, and doing things that you know no, no hu- normal human beings do. Uh, why would they go to that extent if, if it weren't spiritual? And that's what it is. It's a, it's a spiritual. Um uh it's a spiritual war. One of one of Richard Wurmbrand's uh, communist uh tortures uh exclaimed to him, said we are the devil. You know, it's right in his own book, he, he speaks about it, Marx and Satan. But the, the one communist uh, torturer torture uh said to him I thank God in whom I don't believe that I have lived to this hour when I can express all the evil in my heart. And then he proceeded to torture him in ways I'm not going to describe. But um, so this is not just merely political or economic or sociological. It transcends those categories. And so when you read the life of Marx, you see that uh, there were forces there and interests that uh, were definitely uh, beyond uh, our ordinary day-to-day lives and not
3: in a good way. No, not in a good way. Well, Jason, that's certainly an eye opener. Thanks. You're always interesting. Uh, very interesting to have you with us here today. Always appreciate your time.
12: All right. God always wins in the end. So, uh, you know, <laughs> march bravely
3: forward. Amen to that. Father Jason Chiron, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. Amen to that. God always wins in the end. Hey, this is Word FM. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Stick around. We got more ahead.
13: If you're like me, there's been days this year where you felt pretty discouraged. I'm not normally a Davy Downer, but at times, it's felt like tough, sad, or scary stuff everywhere I turn. And as we near this election, no matter your point of view, more heavy days are probably ahead. But then yesterday, I heard a different kind of story about my niece, who spent the entire summer babysitting and saving her money, only to then say out of the blue, Mom, I want to donate my summer savings. She had learned about an organization that delivered toys and Bibles to less fortunate kids. And I heard a story about a little local cafe whose business was not doing well, but decided anyways to deliver dozens of free lunches to nearby seniors struggling with isolation. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we challenged ourselves this week to open our eyes to those who inspire us and to try to do some inspiring ourselves. Maybe joining with us might also encourage you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330.
6: Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at integrityretirementsolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA insurance license number 352896.
6: Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including hero pay and hero sign on bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus, plus ongoing bonus pay. They know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the hero pay you deserve. Give them a call today and find out more, or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com.
11: Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty,
13: Liberty.
2: Since the beginning of time, a battle has been raging. The single
13: most important question any human being can ask is the question,
2: what is truth? A battle between God's truth and the deception of the world. Is our culture filled with lies? Focus on the Family presents The Truth Project. Discover how knowing the truth will transform your life. Focus on the Family's
3: The Truth Project at thetruthproject.org. My oldest sister, my big oldest sister, she's nine years older than me. And um, she was a flight attendant for, a boy, I'm sure three plus decades. And so it's always had, you know, a little sort of special place for me whenever, you know, you, when she would come home when I was a little boy and she was wearing her flight attendant outfit, I was like, I thought she was like, oh my gosh, I, the most beautiful woman in the world. I could not believe that she was standing in my living room. <laughs> I think at the time she was working for, uh, this goes way back, Allegheny Airlines. And um, I, I bring this up because I, I saw it today that uh, United and American Airlines have uh, furloughed 32,000 employees and they're all flight attendants. I mean, that's a lot of flight attendants. And um, my, my sister, my big sister, Mary Jane, she, she would always cry. She said, you know, when I first started out um, being a flight attendant, I wore white gloves. And now people get on in flip-flops and shorts and they're using a trash bag for luggage. And so, you know, there was a time whenever traveling, especially air travel was glamorous and only for the chosen few, it seemed. But, um, boy, uh, air flight is down. I, I think, I, I think I read this 70%, which quite honestly surprises me. It's just 70%. You think, you know, very few people are traveling by air nowadays. Um, What's going to happen? I mean, billions and billions of dollars in losses for the airline industry. Uh, they're looking for government bailout. Everyone's looking for a government bailout. I mean, I read today that you know theaters, and not like you know movie theaters, but you know, you know regular theaters where there's actors on stage. They're looking for bailouts as well. So, what do you do? What do you do during this COVID time? God help us. Hey, uh, say your prayers. Um, stay true. Be at peace. Love the Lord. And uh, thank you for being with us. We don't take you for granted. This is The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. Look for us at wordfm.com.
5: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.